five seconds. Okay. And we can start. Okay. Welcome back to Millennial Thoughts Pod with your... Oh, that's horrible. My bad. <laughs> Welcome back to Millennial Thoughts with your girl, Alicia. Today, we are talking with a fellow person about politics. Her name is Hope, and I'm so glad she came on this podcast. Y'all know everything that's going on in this um, day and age. We need to make sure we're voting. We need to make sure we know who we are electing, and we need to make sure that we are able to put our... Um, voices out there and be heard so i have brought somebody on here that we can know and learn about different things that we can do as a community and different things that we can get involved in basically at the different levels so thanks for joining me hope how are you i'm doing? good how are you i'm doing all right <laughs> i'm glad that you could come on um i would just like to ask you if you can give just like a little bit of information about you, who you are, maybe your background. Okay. Um. Yeah. My name is Hope Harmon. I'm a county commissioner in Ben Hill County, Georgia, where we have about roughly sixteen thousand people that live here. Um. I live in South Georgia. I pretty much lived here my whole life. Went away to college and decided to come back. My background is in government. Um. And I got elected in 2016, and I've kind of been on this journey with um, local county government ever since. Okay. Um, what is your position um, in the politics? You um, I am actually a county commissioner here in Ben Hill County. So we have five members on our board. I am the only female and I, I actually, in 2016, I was the first black female to ever be elected to a city or a county position here. Okay, and what is a county commissioner? Um, we, as county commissioners, we pretty much oversee everything dealing with the county. We have the sheriff, the courts, the clerk, property taxes, things like that. So we oversee the budget. We make sure we're allocating money to different places. But for me, I decided to take my position a little further. I like to do more community work. I like to be seen mm -hmm. a lot in the community, doing the work with the community, with the people. So I make sure I support different nonprofits in our area. I make sure if someone's having anything that I'm there and I try to be visible and I try to, I ran on being the change I want to see. So I can t always mm -hmm. try to be that change. So I'm always at something, doing something. Okay, and can you speak a little bit about that? Like, I know people um, maybe do want to get into politics. They don't know where to go. But I know how you were saying that you were the first uh, black one mm -hmm. that ran. And you're the only woman right now on the board. Is that what you're I saying? I am. I'm the first, um, I'm the, right. I'm the first yeah. black female to be on our board. So back in 2016, I found out some way that the commissioner that was sitting in my seat, he was going to retire. He decided after over 20 years on the board that he wanted to retire and um i was like this is a perfect opportunity for me to get into local politics my father actually was uh um on a city council for almost 30 years and i knew i wanted to create my own path and i felt like i could do that mm -hmm. on the county side instead of going in on the city side and so i saw in the paper he was retiring and i decided i was going to go qualify 
Um, and I pretty much qualified and told my whole family the next day, hey, I qualified for this for this position <laughs> and I would love your support. And my family was like, whatever you need, we got you. And my family, um, they were there every single step of the way. I decided to reach out to the commissioner who was retiring um, and just ask him some questions. I did a lot of research about issues that were going on in the county. I made sure to reach out to people. And I had um, three men that were running against me. But I won in the end. And that was the most important thing. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm talking about. Black <laughs> right. right there. And so how is it like being the like first Black woman running? Like, How was that? Um, right now, like being a woman, like everything that's going on, like how how is it, and how have you been able to like navigate, um, in this time frame of everything that's I going think on? for everyone, for me going in, I think everybody was kind of like in a sense shell shocked because they had not been used to a strong black female who was not willing mm-hmm. to back down, and I was gonna voice my opinion. So in their mind, I was just supposed to be there. I was supposed to be quiet and I was supposed to, you know, just not say a whole lot. And I'm like, no, I'm hope. I'm here. This is what I promised my community. Mm -hmm. And this is what's going to happen. And so over time, they have really learned to respect me. But at first it was it was a challenge because I don't think they some people didn't think I was intelligent. Some people didn't think I had a college degree. (laughs) Some people thought all these things about me. But once they kind of realized this girl does, this woman does her homework, she knows what she's talking about, and she is not backing down, they began to respect me. And I always tell people, you don't have to like me, but you will respect me, and we can work together from that point forward. Okay. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yes, like I'm here. I'm gonna be here, and that's what we. Yeah, I'm do. like my my. I'm like my constituents voted me in. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so that's all uh-huh. that matters. <laughs> so you've been in the same position for four. I have. Years, right? I have. I came in in 2016 to fill an uninspired seat for my former commissioner, who's my men- who's now my mentor. He's the greatest person ever. He really helps me out a lot. And in 2018, I had to run for re-election, and I was unopposed. I didn't have anyone to run against me. So I'll be in office until December 2022, and I fully plan on running again. It's every four, but um, oh, okay, he, so he decided to retire in the middle of his term. Oh. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's every four. Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. In 2022. Uh, okay, Nia, yeah, you're mm-hmm. saying that you're about to run again next. <laughs> yeah, I'm like next year. Next year is 2021. <laughs> I'm cracking up. And so you said that you're like in a small town in Georgia, and so I know a lot of things are happening in Georgia and what's be and what be going on and stuff like that. So as a person that maybe like want to get um, their voice out there, voice heard, or they want to do stuff to help the community, what ways do you think that are the best ways um, to get involved? I think 
in politics. Definitely start going to the meetings, start going to the city council, commission meetings, school boards, whatever you're interested in, start going to the meetings and start seeing what they're talking about. Because a lot of times, a lot of people don't come to those meetings. And so decisions are being made on our behalf that we know nothing about because nobody goes sometimes. I think if you start going to the meetings and also just start getting involved in your local groups, if you have a young Democrats group or if you have a young, whatever your political affiliation may be, um, just start getting involved in those groups and just start the work. I mean, even if you want to start working with maybe somebody who's already elected and just start start the work, start connecting with those people, start going to different events and really just start being really knowledgeable about the things that are going on. And so once you see what's taking place and you know for a fact you don't like it, then you have a platform to run on that these are the things I have seen these things and these are the things mm-hmm. I want to change. And so just getting your community and getting your face out there and getting your name out there and really just start doing the work within your community and people will support you. If they see you're in their community and they can see your face, they can put their finger on you. I know that person, they will support you. Okay, yeah, that's good. I feel like um, sometimes, even like me, you're like, what can you do? Like, I don't know what to do. I don't even know where to start. So I feel like right now it's really important mm-hmm. to be out there, but also to get educated and like the resources and stuff like that that's out there for people. Um, so I know that you uh, said that you're going to go for a county commissioner again. Um, are you looking to go further into politics? I, like I really higher? like are being in like local, local government because I feel now? like I can kind of do more on the local level to make sure people have what they need I do have two small I have twins that are six so <laughs> I do a, a boy and a girl you they're twins six. and so I think oh right now for me the local level is kind of where I'm, I'm making the the biggest impact in, in my mind right now but in the next few years I am definitely going to be looking at a state representative seat or a senator seat because I do feel like I have a really good career in politics and I feel like I can I can definitely do more things for my community and others mm-hmm. so is the county commissioner like a full time oh yeah, yeah um, it's, it's part part, part time <laughs> Like you do, look, you do not get paid. See, and like in our okay, okay, you are such a small community. We do not get paid a whole lot. You have to do it because you love it. I'm talking about like less than five hundred dollars a month kind of thing. Uh-huh. And so you have right. So you definitely have to do oh, it shoot, because barely even aside the love of it. And so <laughs> um, we are not. And these in our communities, mm-hmm. our size, we don't get paid a whole lot. There are. Some you know because that's one of the things you always hear oh you're making all this money mm-hmm. you're doing all these things I'm like no I'm not and a lot of times the money I make I'm just re- I'm reinvesting it in the community into the community because people <laughs> are always coming and say hey can you help out with this hey can you help out with that mm-hmm. and so I'm like well you know I'm reinvesting that money into the community in some type of way like right now we're we do a backpack drive every year for the kids um last year we gave away about 450 backpacks I'm like that money doesn't fall from the sky, <laughs> so you know I do. So I do definitely solicit sponsors, but I also say the money all. I make as commissioner as well to go toward that because there are a lot of things I just simply buy myself. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we have okay. And we how many commissioners are there besides in, you in my county? Um, we have two in my district, two in the other district, and then we have one who is our chairman. He's at large. He runs for the whole county, so everyone in the county can vote for him. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and so within that city, there's like five. So well, we the way our board works is we kind of we all know our strengths um, in different ways. I have one commissioner; he's really great with numbers. Like he great with numbers. So the budget is going to be his thing. You know, he'll sit down our county manager, work that out, let us know what's going on. So I think we all have different interests. Um, Economic development is my really big interest. I like learning about economic development. I love learning about like, Mm -hmm. what are the different things that that these developers are looking for coming in. So I'm always talking to our economic developers. We have two here. And I'm always talking with them. I'm always meeting with them because their job interests me so much. Um, and so we, we just all have different things that we really, really like. And we all kind of just, you know, take a step back and let that person take the lead on that thing. We have one who's like really big with recreation. So recreation department is his thing. But at the end, we all do work together and we really do um, all work together. And we all talk a lot about the different um, different issues in our community, different things. There may be some things that I don't totally understand, but if my commissioner feels strongly about something, I'm going to support him in that. And there are things that, you know, they don't understand that I need my, for my community, but if I feel really strongly about it, they support me in that. So we all have a really great mm-hmm. um, working relationship and a really great mutual understanding, like, for each other. Oh, okay. Um, so with everything that's going on, like how is your, I guess, your town or your city going um, with like the Black Lives Matter? Well, a couple of years ago when I was first elected, we like decided that. How is that? we wanted a new sheriff. <laughs> so we decided together that we were going to stand behind um, someone else in our um, sheriff's department who wanted to run for sheriff. And since our sheriff has came into office in 2016, a lot of the issues we were having before we no longer have. He completely went in and changed the culture of our sheriff's department, I feel like. And we are able to have like really good, really good relationships with him. And so if anything comes up, I know I can go talk to him. Or if he feels like anything comes up, he he's more than happy to call me and say, hey, Hope, I need to talk about this. And I'm like, Lee, well, this happened and I need you to go. We need some some good diversity training at the sheriff's department and things like that. So we look, we, we've been lucky as a community. We haven't had those issues, but as a, as a part, you know, as a, as a black woman, I stand behind that things do need to change in a lot of law enforcement um, places around the world, around the United States. As I look on TV and see some of the things that are happening, I can't, I mean, you, you, you don't have a heart if your heart doesn't go out to George Floyd's family. Um, and so we, we've been able to have conversations. Like I'm meeting with my sheriff this week. We're going to talk about our use of force policy. I personally have never asked him about use of force policy, but I want to know what it is just in case, you know, something happens. I need to know when, when do you, when is it okay for an officer to, to do something like that? Cause to me, it's never okay. 
but when do you when do you decide you're gonna pull out your gun instead of pulling out your tape mm-hmm. things like that so me and him are gonna have a really good in-depth conversation mm-hmm. um there was a march in our community this past saturday black lives matter march and there were several speakers that were there the sheriff was there and our police chief was there and they both spoke and they are in full support of doing whatever they need to do to ensure that the community knows that we you know we're all going to work together. We're all going to work this thing out together. And if there's any issues with any officers, we need to let them know so they can handle it immediately. Mm-hmm. Definitely understand. And so I know that you said that you brought up um, that you had like kids or whatever. And so have you like had those conversations with your children or do you feel like they're too young to know about it or are you just like no I'm telling them well, like, one of my children he's, life, he, like, my, to know my son he's six on. he's autistic and he's nonverbal. so which adds an even deeper layer um, so oh, you, you, you know so one of the yeah, things we've done in our literally community here is making does. sure that our sheriff's department and our police department has really good relationships with the community that is intellectually and physically handicapped. So they come to the events, they go talk to them when they have different things, they make sure they're there. Because I want you to understand just because my son can't, my son, he's small now, but one day he's going to be a full grown man and he can't talk. So if you tell him to do something, he's going to keep right on walking like he didn't hear you. So, you know, Mm -hmm. making sure they understand who those people, who these people are in our community and what's the best way for you to deal with them? Because I promise you, if you do something to them, we're gonna, <laughs> like, it's gonna be a problem. <laughs> like, I'm ready. I'm like, we are, we you are ready. Because <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes. I thought about that too. I thought, I thought about that too, like, over the weekend. This girl, she, um, she's not deaf, but like, she, um, is a part of like the ASL, uh, I don't know what it's called, community or whatever. And she did a video about like the police brutality and stuff like that. And I was just thinking, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, police aren't held accountable. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta have compassionism. Cause what about people who are deaf? They like don't know. they can't hear, they don't know what you're saying to them. They're looking at you and they might throw their hand and you might think it's a exactly. gun. And, like, and they like, he can't even hear you. They, people of hard of hearing. And that's why it's so like, they don't even that know these sheriffs and these police officers who are willing to come into your community and actually see what's going on and actually want to interact with the people. Because you have a lot of places where these sheriffs don't come out, these police officers, you know, mm-hmm. these police chiefs don't make their people come out. And I'm always telling people all the mm-hmm. time, a lot of things can be solved in one election. Mm-hmm. Sheriffs are elected, police chiefs are hired, most of the time by the city council. Mm-hmm. You don't like your police chief, get on to your city council and your mayor because they're hired. Mm-hmm. In some places, mm-hmm. in some places, mm-hmm. you have county police. And once again, a county police isn't a part of, like in Georgia, it's not a part of our constitution. We only have to have a sheriff's department and the sheriff is elected. So once again, if you have a county police in Georgia, that person is hired and fired mm-hmm. by your county commissioners. So you have to, you we kind of have to know our power in these things as well. And if you if you have somebody who's not willing to come out and not willing to do any kind of diversity training, not willing to make sure that officers understand the importance of being out in the community, those things can be changed in one election. Mm-hmm. 
And so, because that's the thing, that's what we did in 2016. A lot of, most police chiefs in Georgia are hired by the city. Well, cities are ran by the city council. So if you have a police chief that's problematic, you should be able to change that simply by either going to the um, the city council and letting them know your issues or mm-hmm. switching out the city council. Vote new people in with your city council who are going to listen to those issues and get a new police chief. Okay, so then you think that is the me- one of the best ways to kind of try to start change is like maybe knowing who is your city council members and mm-hmm. running for that city council if you want to be able to get in those rooms or learn about what's going on yeah i do i think the best thing you can do is start going to those meetings deciding if that person that is there is actually representing your interests and the interests of the community and if they are, if you mm-hmm. feel they are not then i mean the only thing you can do is qualify and run for the seat and try to win and get people behind you because one thing I've learned all you have to do is get more people to vote for you than the other people <laughs> that's so I mean that's pretty much how it works just getting more people to come out and support you than that other person because a lot of times you have people sitting home just because they don't want to vote for anybody that's on that ballot uh-huh, I hear that, that time true. and time again people say well mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go vote or they get so used to having someone on the ballot, they don't go vote when a good person has somebody running against them. So that's why it's mm-hmm. so important that we vote in every single election, whether you have someone in there that you like or not. And if you don't like the person that's in there, the community doesn't stand by them, encourage someone else to jump in there and vote and you you and the community support them and get them in mm-hmm. that position and see what they can do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, because I didn't even know that, like, well, I'm not in Georgia, but I'm looking to relocate to Georgia or whatever, but, like, even what you're saying is, like, oh, the city council, like, they have, I guess they have, like, kind of a voice, basically, and they can talk to the uh, police department, not the police department, like, get the police chief, or you were saying the sheriff chief and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. and so even knowing that and how people are elected, that will be able to... um, help people understand what's going on and I think that's a lot of things like people don't always know what's going on people don't understand what's going on so being able to know about it and learning about it um would be very important like you don't know how much of a voice you can have with uh these different elections if you're not putting yourself out there if you're not educating yourself on what you can do and what you can um bring to the community I agree I definitely agree and you should be able to find all that stuff out from your city office city council office or if you have a county commission office they should be able to tell you how those or even talking to the elections they should be able to tell you how people are voting in um how people are hired and fired with your city those that's all Mm -hmm. information that your city should be able to tell you or your county that that should mm-hmm. they should definitely be able to tell you that information and all that information should be public records and if there's anything you want to know about a city or a county and they're not forthcoming you can file open records request and they have to hand over that information to you yeah i know that is so crazy um, even right now like just learning about different things like that i live in kentucky i necessarily don't really know the laws and what's going on but i 
am interested in politics, but it's just like you want to get involved in it, but you just don't even know where to go. So you just use your voice in different things in different ways and you just try to figure it out. But I feel like um, sometimes like people do want to get involved and they don't know where to get involved or how to get involved. So I think this is really important just being able to even know things that you can do right now like I mean yes because people are marching out there they are and I shout out to them but I just can't be out there right now right um because it's a whole pandemic going on you know right. and I just <laughs> I understand I can't really do that one but like you can do you can like get involved different ways right and stuff like that so I totally um, agree I yeah I think it's important I was going to ask like what ways do you think people can get involved besides um just I guess not just marching but besides like being out on the forefront and marching um I think it's gonna be at going asking your people who represent you tough questions as well um going and asking those people tough questions like what is the use of force policy for your police department and your sheriff's department that's something mm-hmm. you know good to know <laughs> like what, at what point mm-hmm. would you, yeah that really is you know and I think that that's a, that's a question they should be able to pull the policy and give you a copy of it to let you know these are the things mm-hmm. we're going to do what are some things that we can do to make sure something like you know what happened to George Floyd does not happen in our community and I think the mm-hmm. things that you have to do is have really good hard conversations with the people that are in place to represent you and you know even if you aren't on the city council you still should be able to have a conversation with the police chief Mm-hmm. Um, and so what do you think like with all this stuff going on and then the voting like I don't know like if you can see the future not necessarily saying that but like what do you think just happened in the future with what's going on like so there's no more George Floyd's or like Brianna Taylor's and stuff like that even though those are two different completely right. different um, I guess actions and what happened but like even to put it for like what do you think should be next I guess for the agenda on the agenda for I guess the black people to try to like take it a step further so like yes you can run yes you can talk to these people but say like if they don't want to run you know but they can talk to these people like do you know if there's any other things they can do um I guess any foundations any funds and money or anything like that do you have any advice on that um I I really don't no, because like you said, there's so many different situations that are happening right now. And you're kind of, you know, I'm kind of at a loss as well sometimes on what to do about these things. But I, I do, you know, and everybody doesn't want to run. I totally get that. But you mm-hmm. definitely have to support people who are running and who are in place that are trying to change the culture there. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of education. It's going to be a lot of diversity training going on in these police departments and sh- um, with law enforcement. I think it's um, going to be making sure they hold that standard. And I, don't, I think also it's not letting up. We have to continue to be consistent. Um, mm-hmm. I think that we mm-hmm. can't, you know, you can't, we can't be upset today. And then six months later, we've forgotten all about the things we were upset six months ago about. I think in all the mm-hmm. communities, we just have to really be consistent. We have to say, well, you know, this is what we talked about six months ago about diversity training. When is diversity training going to happen? Like, what are the people that you have in mm-hmm. place that are going to do it? Is it somebody who is diverse themselves? <laughs> you know, you know, um, is there is it someone who is of uh, you know of uh, African American that's doing the diversity training? Yeah, mm-hmm. because I was like, a yeah, minority it got to be a minority. Can't really, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I've, yeah. <laughs> I've seen it happen 
in workplaces here lately where they're not getting minorities to do diversity training, which is prob- like what? I'm which is problematic. <laughs> so, yes. And it causes trauma. It was- and I think another thing that a lot of workplace, you know, you have to be willing to have those open conversations as well. I think that people of other races have to learn to listen when we say this is how we feel I think they have to learn Mm -hmm. to just you know be quiet for a few minutes let us say how we feel Mm -hmm. don't and I'm like don't automatically respond because this is how I feel yes (laughs) oh my goodness you you have to be okay because you're not you're not walking in my shoes this is how you're not living in it yet Mm-hmm. And that's what I think I was trying right. to say too. Like I wrote a Facebook status like a couple days ago, and I was like, "People aren't understanding the message. They don't want to mm-hmm. understand the message. They're not listening to understand. They're listening to respond." When we are saying "hold police accountable," we're not saying. Well, I'm not saying that all bad, all cops are bad. I'm saying to hold them accountable, um, and what they're doing with these. Even even the power, the structure of just throwing people down, doing this, doing that, coming with tear gas, coming with um, all that other stuff that they're coming with, bats and stuff like that. Like, that's what we're saying. We're not saying that people don't need to be arrested who are doing the doing wrong by the law. But George Floyd getting killed, I guess, over twenty dollars. $20 fraud or whatever. There's this white man on Twitter talking about how he just casually says it um at like a night at the bar with his friends like huh one time this happened to me yeah but george floyd he can't laugh about it because now he's dead right and so i think that some people like they're not listening and even talking about people like i'm not saying that your husband is back to the police i'm saying that if you feel strongly about it then he needs to tell them other police to quit killing people to quit going so forcefully because i get you i bet you if they didn't have no gun on them they wouldn't be doing half the right stuff and you have to and you have to make sure like they're in it for the right reason as well are you really in it to make sure mm-hmm. you, you have to make sure you're in it because you, like you're not yeah you have to uphold yeah so you, yeah, you have to uphold those things <laughs> to protect, protect and serve mm-hmm. all you know no matter what yeah. somebody's background is no matter how you want to say what this person has done this is what we all have a past we've all done things we're not proud of but i would hope that wouldn't be used against me if someone put their knee on my neck and i died literally like he's saying that he cannot breathe and one thing that stuck out to me was that police anybody can be a police um after 18 or you only got six months but lawyers have to be seven years and that's when we talk about here's another step is like it's systematic racism like another another step a police officer only has to go through six months training but a lawyer has to do seven years of schooling that makes no no sense no, 18 year old and I think you need to have some diversity training within those police academies as well you know you you need to have those those difficult conversations with them as well even if you know even yes the culture of the that police department needs to change but even looking at the curriculum at the academy to make sure like they understand this when they're going through that academy um but yeah you you don't have to go the school long at all to be a police officer i think there's just a way more education that's needed and i think the only way we're gonna be able to do is through having good you know conversations and letting them know like this is this is unacceptable this is just not what we will accept yeah at all and i think that that's another level of what's going on and i just feel like people 
coming from all different backgrounds and stuff like that, how they're saying I've seen something. It was like, yeah, these people are being police officers. They could be mad. Like, they could have been mad in high school at something, how people do them, and they taking it out on other people. Like, just because somebody does to you doesn't mean that this person is a bad person and sometimes like that, and people aren't listening to understand. So I feel like in the police academy, we should, that's what we should be asking. Like, what is y'all police academy? Right. What is the um, steps? Like, what are y'all teaching them? Yes, for somebody who's armed is different than someone who's unarmed. Just because you feel attacked, he's unarmed. What can right. he do to you? He can't really do nothing Right, to and that's, you. I think those are good conversations we need to have. You know, Department of mm-hmm. um, Department of Corrections here. Um, you, you have people most of the time mm-hmm. at the state level that are over those things. Um, <laughs> you about to have me going I'm, to the <laughs> But they, I mean, they are. Most of the time, the people that are over, like, the Department of Corrections or the people that are over, like, the Georgia Department of Safety, um, over the, the State Patrol, they're typically appointed. So, they're appointed mm-hmm. typically by the governor. So, I feel like, it, I mean, it, it wouldn't be wrong to say, hey, we just need to have these real good conversations. Like, uh, what are they teaching them about this stuff? Is this something that we can mandate by the state? Not just let it be a police you know, they went to the police academy. Can we mandate it across the state to say, hey, everybody has to go through this training before they can step foot in a car or step foot on, mm-hmm. on whatever they call it? <laughs> yes, and how they were saying um, how those police officers, like, they, um, the George Floyd one, like, nine months, like, they were nine days, they were 30 days. Okay, well, who was teaching them? Because they was up on that man's back, neck, knee, yeah, everything. Who was teaching them how to do that stuff? And so, like, I just don't understand. And I just feel like sometimes it is kind of like lost for like, what do we do? What can we do? And that's why sometimes being on social media is good. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be bad. bad. It can be overwhelming and stuff like that because so much is going on. You don't really know what to All do. Right. So you have to take a step back. But I'm going to do what I can do and just educate, you know, tell people to vote, to help people learn about what different things they can do. I mean, because all 50 states are different, too. And that was another thing that I was talking to my friend about, honestly, is like in, like in Georgia, this could be something, mm-hmm. but in Florida, it could be something. It's all different. And states are separated. Yep. And I feel like that's another thing that goes into even with schooling and that goes into other things like that, like, I guess, like mm-hmm. housing and money and different things. And so I, I just feel like all together, like, I guess you can't fix every single thing, but if you could start with one right. thing, I mean, shoot, one thing, just making sure, like, police across the board, across the United States are all held to the same standard, right. maybe we could start with something. Right, like because you, even when you look at the laws, <laughs> all the state laws are different. How somebody can be charged mm-hmm. with what? And I'm like, it's all, every mm-hmm. state is different. Every DA is different. Yeah, like, it's, it's weird. Oh, uh, yeah, like, in Kentucky, I guess, like, you can um have a license, like, expired up to like three months or something like that and don't call because that's what my friend was saying but i'm like shoot you wouldn't even want to try that because right now in this time they might kill you over a license like, yeah i'm not gonna try license. it <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna try but like but like see yeah but like in georgia you might can only do it for like 30 I'm, days or something yeah like so you're right like different things. i'm not saying that you can't do oh it, yeah i'm just giving yeah you're example. right though i mean it's, everything is different from state to state so you really don't it's kind of like when you cross that border you don't really know what you're dealing with <laughs> You don't really know what. Yeah, you don't know who you gonna get. You don't know what police officer you gonna get today. So I think that's really important. But also for like police officers to understand, like, okay, there, like there's a tail light coming out. Well, I mean, can you just try to see if that person lives in this right. state or not? Like, can you try to know, like, tell them instead of like, 
going and escalating it. Like, you already should know the racial barrier, what's going on and stuff like that. And then one thing I did hear, like, I'd be hearing on Facebook people saying, they're like, well, yeah, um, like, this lady was like, well, my um dad got shot in the back from a police officer like that, so she was white. And I'm like, well, girl, why aren't you saying something? Why aren't <laughs> right. you standing up? This ain't a, like, it's a Black Lives Matter, that's what they're saying, but I don't, I don't necessarily want to say it's not Black Lives Matter, but it's holding police accountable. Why aren't you talking if he hit it, if he's yeah. shooting him? behind the back y'all just gonna keep letting them shoot white people too i mean at this point it's police and it's powers it's not black based it's really not black against white honestly it's police authority holding them accountable in their power and what they're doing to right and it's, it's kind of like weeding out is the, what i think. and it's also weeding out the bad from the good because you have so many good police officers mm-hmm. who are doing everything right and then you have this whole other set that just are just are hell being on doing everything that's wrong <laughs> you know, yes. like, just, <laughs> and so that's yeah. the real conversations. But I think that it gets so lost, and people are like, "Black lives matter." Like it gets so lost to the people because they're like, "Well, all lives matter," which all we're not don't. saying that all lives don't matter. That's not what we're saying. But I think they get confused just because it ain't happened to you. Um, don't mean that it's not going to happen to the person next to you. So yeah, I just really that really I feel like that's what I that's what I was talking about like with the message in the conversation like people aren't really understanding it because they see all this stuff they see all what's going on the march and the doing things but I'm like y'all just sitting at home y'all ain't saying that y'all ain't doing nothing y'all yeah. ain't saying nothing so but y'all have so much to say about everybody else I agree I'm doing. like if you're not doing anything you really don't have a right to criticize <laughs> you don't you have don't a right to criticize nothing, the thing yeah. about it is I might not agree with a lot of things that are going on because that is not my way. <laughs> like I know I'm a, mm-hmm. I, I'm more of a level-headed person. I don't mind talking to people, no matter mm-hmm. how mad you get at me. I'm probably gonna sit at that table, be looking at you like you, and I'm still gonna be like, "Well, when you're done, we can still talk." <laughs> like so, and I know that's mm-hmm. my that's what I'm strong at. I'm strong at talking to people and having difficult mm-hmm. conversations. It doesn't bother me. But other people, they rather be in the streets, you know, doing their thing in the streets. They don't want to be you know at the table so I think everybody has their place in any type of movement you just have to find it because there's mm-hmm. a place for everybody and an injustice to one is an injustice for all at the end of the day literally yes literally I think they understand that too and that's true and that's um sometimes like I can hear when people are like I'm not educating you like um, I'm not educating people like they have Google, they have Google. Well, some people, you know, they're just not going to do it. And so if I have to use that time to educate people, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to respond to people on Facebook and send the message. In the right. Time. They're going to read it. They're going to read it. They're going to get mad. Or right. They're going to read it. I agree. It don't matter. You have to educate so people. That's, you that's, have that's to. You can do. Yeah. I think you do too. And so I feel like sometimes people like misconstrue that's like you gotta educate people. Well they're like, I don't want to educate people, whatever. Okay, well if that's the difference between somebody dying and somebody getting this, I'm just gonna educate. And that's probably I like to educate. So I like to provide resources. So that's what I'm gonna do. And that's why I say I guess figure out mm-hmm. your lane and figure out what you can do. And you can go out there and stand and protest and boom. Okay, you get out there with your um whatever your signs uh, and stuff yeah. protest yes your signs i couldn't think of it signs if i'm gonna educate and i'm gonna go i'm gonna call everybody up in there well, I'm, I'm gonna be at the police academy so what right. y'all doing with this training what y'all doing with this so different people are doing the work and so i just think sometimes it's like people feel like people aren't doing work if are oh oh and then if you have money well come and donate to that foundation that you can have like so there is different organizations and there's different ways to get involved you just got to really find your lane and right. figure out what I you want to do 
that's how I feel about it. Um, so yeah, I think that that's really important. Um, with that, I think you oh, you're welcome. With me <laughs> about this. Um, is there anything else that you would like to talk about? Like you would like to say, uh, that you feel like people should know, people should well, hear I about. Say, I'll invite um, people to come like my Facebook group. I have a Facebook group called Casera's Voice. Casera's yes. Voice was started. Um in honor of my sister. My sister, um, who was eight and a half months pregnant, was killed September 15th of 2019, about two miles down the road from my house. Um, we still are um, fighting for justice every single day. Um, so her murderer is brought to justice mm-hmm. um, because, uh, unfortunately, the baby, she didn't survive either. Um so we um we start I started Casera's voice out of you know it was definitely a place of pain but through that we do advocate for families who've gone through traumatic situations like we have by sharing their stories we um we're gonna start doing some counseling on there as well having different counselors come on and talk about how you can deal with traumatic situations like we have And we also definitely advocate for any family, you know, through even if it's telling them about different resources in Georgia where they may be able to seek counseling or get help with burial expenses or anything like that. We're um, we're doing that. And in the future, we plan to do a lot more with it. But right now, that's that's what we're doing. So Casera's Voice is on Facebook. Um, just please if you go on there and share my posts about my sister because we're doing everything we can to <laughs> make sure her murderer is brought to justice yes well I hope you all find her and I know that you were talking about that as well and I looked at it, the stuff um, on I looked at the stuff on Facebook and I seen it or whatever and um, yeah I think that is really important uh, to know what's going on and that is in your city and that you are so involved in your city and you want um, people to you know do better and be better but also like you said injustice anywhere like people should not be murdered in general nobody should be and so being able to use your voice and still keeping um, her voice alive with you saying that you're um, that like the what is it, is it a foundation? We plan on we're gonna make it a nonprofit. We oh. it's just it's gonna be a nonprofit, non-profit yeah, eventually. Yeah. It's just been so much going on these last few months, but that that is the plan in the future. It will be a nonprofit because mm-hmm. we want to do like um and you know things on like gun violence for kids here in the community. We want to give mm-hmm. what I really want to do in the end is give children another option that you don't have to be out here in these streets. Oh. We can do some after school program type things. You don't have that we can be. You can we can do things mm-hmm. in the summer with you, letting young girls know that domestic if if a man is violent towards you, you don't need that self esteem building with young girls. Right. So those are all the things we do plan on doing. Do you not have a YMCA? We do. We do not. Do you have not a what? Do you? Like, we do not. Okay. We don't you have YMCA. Know? We don't have a boys and girls club. We don't have any of that stuff here. Well, well, um, I'm in the same same um small town like you. They don't have that here either. But that's what I was wondering. That's something I want to do in the future, um, like mentorship and program, whatever. But it's just so much, and you can't really figure out our father's support to do it in different areas. But yeah, that's interesting. Um, but I hope it all goes well, and I'm so excited. I'll follow your journey, and I can't wait to y'all be able to get into a nonprofit. I hope y'all enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for coming on, and you know. Go follow her on Facebook. Uh, it's at it Casera's Voice. <laughs>
Casera's voice, okay? K-A-S-A-R-A and then voice, V-O-I-C-E. Yes. Okay, yes, thank you so There's a new podcast on the block, and it is called A Shot of Facts, a humorous yet brutally honest podcast on approaching adulthood. We bring our truth straight with no chaser. The host is Deja Renee, and you can find her on Instagram, Shot of Facts Pod.